I ain't got nothing but love, babe. Eight days a geek. Eight days a freaky, freaky freak. Eight days a geek. I ain't got nothing but love, babe. Eight days a geek. Hello. It's AJ Jenks here. What's that? One of the boys from the Eight Days of Geeks lot? Yes, that's me. God, how good was Revenge of the Sith? What a podcast. Possibly one of my favourites. But now we're going on to my favourite MCU character, Iron Man. And this is when he's three years old. (laughs) I'm joking. It's Iron Man 3. Welcome. And my name is AJ Jenks and I am here with... Benjamin Breyer? And... Chris Weeks. Good, good. Ben, did you almost forget your name then? Or Honestly, I forgot the order then. It seems that it's just all going topsy-turvy. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's an ABC thing. It, I mean, Jenks held that note for a while. I know. And for me, it lagged a little bit, so it really dragged out. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. I, I, I can only apologise. I can't oh, do fine, mate. much no, more problem. than that. Don't worry about it. But uh, what, a, what a podcast uh, Revenge of the Sith was, eh? Ah, Revenge of the Pith. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Prize all about that, in fairness. Loves it. I'm, amazed, I'm amazed at how many people have listened to it. Yeah? In a good way? or? Oh, yeah, in a good way. Oh, good. Right. That's, yeah, good, good way. Just giving That's myself some nice positive thoughts. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm amazed at how well that's doing. Thank you so much to everyone that's been checking out our website. It's, the website uh, is also out. It's, it it's incredible. If you haven't checked... You sorry. Checked it out. I you just, can go on 8daysofgeek.com. <laughs> dot <laughs> com it's a great site it's got merchandise it's got all sorts and oh i love it i mean we are going to be having a blog at some point if any of us pulls our finger out but uh we will well, just because well, i'm the only one who can bloody write <laughs> yeah we're, right. we're, at the moment we're all just kind of sitting in our rooms doing nothing all day well you know? unbelievable yeah. but also there is uh something else in the pipeline as well that may be coming soon what's that an eight days a geek amusement park. Yeah, <laughs> we we saw that um, Portons Park was thinking about opening up, so we thought, no, that's not happening. No. We'll get on. No. We'll we'll take that. We're working with the uh, the guys in Centre Parks. It's going to be very kind of. I love Centre Parks, you know. I adore Centre Parks. Yeah, a lot of money though, isn't it? Oh, it was a lot, but it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have, have to pay stayed, for the extras, though, don't you? Have oh, you stayed in a cabin, like a proper cabin? Oh yeah, oh, I couldn't have, couldn't oh, have gotcha. that. Not in, oh. not in a million years. I did it for my uh, my friend Stag. It was oh, a good night. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to do a stag. But we're not here to talk about stags or any other type of elk or anything. We've already like done that. Prisoner of Azkaban. Awful. It's the Patronus, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a really it's a, loose. It's a sta- it's, it, no, really no, loose. He said the word stag. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we here? It it was his dad, though, wasn't it, really? No, it was him, wasn't it? Because that's the only logical outcome of that argument. (laughs) I think I saw... I mean, it's ridiculous. I I feel like we're going off-road here, boys. I think we should kind of, like, steer it back (laughs) onto the highway. We are here to talk about Iron Man 3, as everyone knows. Iron Man is my favourite Marvel superhero. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go over to our resident MCU mastermind, Mr. Benjamin Pryor. Hi, folks. Uh, I kind of expected a bit more of a round of applause then but no problem um thanks thanks man um yeah i know it's been a long time people and i know that you've missed me i've missed you um so we'll get that out of the way first of all um so boys this film is i really like this film i really like this film oh Uh, good good 
I know. I ain't got nothing yeah. but love. <laughs> I know. I didn't have to say this because it's a given. But after we had Iron Man two, we kind of had a bit of. From me, this is a bit of umming and ahhing about how how we felt about this film. That's true. Yes. And you know what? It's fine. As I said, it's like a bridge. Iron Man Two is the bridge between Iron Man One and today's film, Iron Man Three, where we、uh, get to see a lot more of Iron Man in action. It's a lot of fun. This film, and、um, we open up at a New Year's Eve party,、mm-hmm. and this is back in time. So it states this: we're, we're, we're back in time. We're in 1999. Chris, remember 99? What were you doing Mate, then?、Eh? I remember this Millennium、uh, New Year's Eve extremely well. I was t- I was nine years old, right? Robbie Williams.、Eh? I was yeah, I was. Oh, it's a great tune. But I was allowed、yeah. to stay up、Angel. for this. It was great. Brilliant. I mean, I, I had I champagne. Was... Do you not remember champagne? it? Champagne. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember.、It. I actually, the thing that I remember most is writing in school the year two thousand for the first time. I thought, oh、brilliant. yeah, how cool yeah. is that? Every number、exactly、changed. Exactly what you mean. Yeah, it was really cool.、Yeah. I,、um, I remember sitting and just knowing that the computers were going to take over and Skynet eventually was going to. Come to pass.、Uh, Skype, mate. Skype. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I think、ben. that's why your 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 shares in that company didn't work out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, really didn't. <laughs> so we're in 1999. I mean, that's when people say you should party. So,、um, of course, we see Tony Stark. I mean, I expected more of a laugh again, boys. But hey, <laughs> we see.、Uh, we see <laughs> thanks, thanks. We see Tony Stark, and he's talking to a scientist called Maya Hansen. Now, I I, I like Maya Hansen. Oh yeah, she's a she's a lovely lady. And she, she is Rebecca Hall, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. And she is an inventor of this new experimental,、um, like a like a healing treatment, if you、mm. will.、Um, she's got a little plant, hasn't she? She does, and oh, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant, and it allows、um, recovery from like awful injuries, things that you wouldn't. Perhaps have been able to recover from before. For example, And, well, say you lost an arm or、I、you mean, lost、yeah. a leg. I mean, it's, so this is the regeneration of a limb is like、yeah. mind blowing, unheard、And、of, unheard of, very experimental. And at this stage, Tony's not really taking it too seriously. He just wants to have a bit of a fling with this girl because、mm. it's it's ninety nine. You know, he's partying. Yeah, this is the old Tony、in. that we haven't seen、yeah. as much of. The, yeah, the bit of a crazy party guy, Tony, and、uh, of course he hasn't met Pepper at this point, and so he just wants to sleep with this girl, and she really wants to kind of pick his brain a bit and and talk to him, ha- talk to him a bit more about his thoughts on this new experiment treatment,、um, but he doesn't really care. He's kind of like brushing off. He's like, whatever, you know, I could easily solve this, and he just puts it to one side. It's not. It's not. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And、uh, on the way up, though, on the way up to their little fondue that they have, there's a a scientist that we meet who goes by the name Aldrich Killian, and this is a very interesting character because we are seeing this. He's a he's a, a disabled man.、Uh, he's he's unable to kind of, you know. Walk without assistance. He needs a walking stick, and、um, he's clearly very desperate to meet Tony because he wants to explain his ideas of this new company that he has, which is called Advanced Idea Mechanics AIM, which is、um, a, a company that was、uh, around in the comics as well. AIM were, and、mm. they were a main kind of villainous corporation that would hide behind. Uh, government guidelines and say that they are actually 
protecting the world and they're going to give a cure to whatever's going on. But really, they had ulterior motives. That was always the way they were in the comics. In the and, Iron Man comics? Uh, yeah, Marvel comics in general. Oh, right, so, okay. Yeah, so it, not just Iron Man comics. Cool. And um, that was really... I really liked AIM because they had this like whole double agent thing going on. They were going, hey, look, the superheroes are destroying the world, but it's okay, we can fix it. We've got this that's going to help you and it's going to be great. And then everyone will inject themselves with whatever it is that AIM gives them and they end up turning into something else and then AIM's true motives come to fruition, which is always a really interesting story to me to have a, a bad company that is kind of hiding behind saying that they're a good company yeah anyway. is it a bit like the um just thinking about the x-men films obviously they're not um mcu but like mm. the cure for being but a mutant and all that is it they along are. those sort of lines as well yeah they are mcu though uh yeah well they are now aren't they yeah but like i know they've, they've had all the license issues before with fox and everything yeah yeah, yeah. but so, it's it's still marvel though isn't it yeah it's still, still marvel but they're not yeah. in this universe in the same, same. Universe, yeah. yeah yeah it's all messed up they, i think they're actually planning to do a clean slate with x-men which i'm quite intrigued on i'm looking forward to that oh definitely yeah i'd love to x-men i would say this now has always been my favorite group of supervillains above avengers always has been in the comics super villains villains no what did i say super villains. super villains sorry super superheroes is what i meant to say and they oh, always have really? been all the way back when since the um animated tv series which i'm oh. sure you remember yeah so good brilliant and i loved it but also um the x-men i think it was called x-men next generation or something like that that came out and there was um younger x-men like nightcrawler that was involved and spike and all these people that i loved um so i always loved that and the avengers they didn't have much when it came to um tv time actually they had a few animated series but they weren't very good not to the level of x-men and at this point they weren't even out at all um so it was always x-men that was my favorite and i later loved uh, avengers Mm. but anyway we're kind of i'm digressing aren't i i always do this but um, so uh, Aldrich is trying to sell AIM to Tony, not in the literal sense, but also kind of in the literal sense. He's trying to say, look, please take a look at my company. We do regenerative healing. We do all this. And he's like, whatever, I don't care. He gives him a business card and he's like, don't need that. And he says, I'll tell you what, actually, uh, I'll meet you. Uh, I'll meet you up on the roof. And he's like, really? You'll? He's like, yeah, meet, I'll see you up there. And he's like, great. So he goes up there. He's so excited, so excited. And uh, the fireworks go off for the millennium and Tony never arrives. I mean, heartbreaking stuff. But at the same time, this is what... Do you think that Tony asked him to go up to the roof because, like, was he being cruel? He was like, it's going to be difficult for this guy to get to the roof. I'm going to make it as hard as possible. Yeah, exactly. Do you think it's that? I think it's that really... He's like, he's sinned that he's clearly um, unable to walk very fast or far yeah. at all and he's like yeah send him to the roof it's going to be hilarious he's he's a joker and he's cruel at this point this is yeah. what we need to realize about tony is that in order for him to as we talked about chris complete his arc we had to see yeah. his lowest points and this is what this film shows us it's a great so, great moment for an actor though for someone of him that's just on so many films playing this part then being asked to completely go back on yourself mm. yeah that's so interesting that. And to fill yeah. in those gaps, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually see um, this little scene um, 
after we realise that the fireworks have happened, the millennium's happened, uh, and, and he's Aldrich is broken on this roof. He's he, he feels so betrayed. He feels like everything's lost now. He has nothing, and it's like this is all because of Tony Stark, because of his cruelty. He wouldn't even give this guy the time to listen to his idea. He just pushed him to one side. So mm. he's really not in a good place. Um, and that's when we actually see this little moment where after he sleeps with this lady and leaves her in normal Stark fashion, he's left a little note with um, the answer to the formula because he could work it out. It's easy. It's Tony Stark. And we actually see this tree when he um, picks a leaf off in the scene before we actually see the tree grow itself back and almost like a living thing. It, 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 she, she says about these plants that he can't pull things off them. They have feelings. They can feel that. They won't like it. And Tony's like, what the hell is she on about? This is stupid kind of stuff. But it actually is more realistic at this point. Tony's figured it out. Of course he has. And he's given her the answer. But now we go to December 2012. Now, 2012. We, we know what happened in 2012, boys. Olympics. The, world <laughs> the Olympics. I mean, slightly more pressing matters, though, was that, of course, the uh, Loki's invasion came down oh, okay, to, the, yeah, okay. to the city of New York. And, oh, ooh, I mean, the Olympics were postponed. It was mental. Oh, yeah. But that, you yeah. know it's serious when the Olympics are postponed. Oh, it's serious. It's serious. And this is um, so we're now seven months after the attack on New York. So everyone's kind of had time to start to rebuild and come to terms with the fact that aliens can come down at any point and take over. And Stark is kind of having he's having nightmares and he's having these post-traumatic kind of stress signs that it's that they're going to come back or that anything could happen like this again. And he he's not ready. He's going out and having lunch, as we see with, with Happy and with Nick Fury, and he has a panic attack. And he doesn't know what a panic attack is because he hasn't ever experienced one. He's always been so uh, um, happy-go-lucky and just been flying through life with no worries at all. And the minute he realises that this is a genuine threat and he feels quite powerless for the first time in his life. He actually has an anxiety attack mm. and he asks Jarvis what's going on. He has no idea. He thinks it's a heart attack or something like that. And it's just a, just an anxiety attack. And he's like, no, I don't have anxiety. There's no way this can happen. But um, I think that's a really nice thing to see that Tony's weakness is starting to play in here. Yeah. And I, I, I love get, seeing I, this. Go again, on, this, this shows even more of a difference from the start of the film to that point. You'd never yeah. imagine that Tony Stark to have a panic attack. And yeah. also, Tony has seen that... Um, oh, no, he hasn't, actually. No, that's 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 <laughs> coming up in the film after. But it is just an amazing, in the matter of just a couple of minutes, seeing the difference between the characters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just the, the, the level of, um, of psychological interest there. Again, yeah. and I say this all the time, but it's way beyond what these films need. You know, because I mean, what other that like if you think of superhero films of like I don't know, like Batman, Tim Burton, and all that, like the classic sort of what you think of as the superhero blockbusters, they never delve into like PTSD and stuff like that. Like a mm. character like Tony Stark, who um, he's sold on his wit and his um, like you say, prize easy go, uh, happy go lucky, easy going nature, um, very clever guy. You know all this. He's not affected by the world around him really. He's got the quick quip to suddenly have this happen to him. I think it's fascinating. I love yeah. this development in the story. 
Yeah, it really takes a 180, and it, it's it's great to see how Tony is affected by the you know someone who was almost untouchable by any feelings has mm. now been brought to his knees. Um, actually, literally, not just figuratively, which is very cool. Um, and in this state of anxious kind of depression that he's in, he's um, been a- unable to sleep and kind of doesn't want to sleep because every time he does, he has these nightmares of the invasion and, you know, awful stuff. And so he actually builds dozens of new Iron Man suits to cope with his in- insomnia, basically, to to take his mind off of all of the visions that he's having, the nightmares, the anxiety attacks, he does what he does best. He's an engineer, he's a builder. So he builds loads of new suits that are for specific events, that were that are upgrades, that can do certain different things and uses his intelligence, but ultimately it creates this kind of divide between him and Pepper mm. because he's not with her anymore, you know? He's in his own little self-isolation bubble and... She's kind of very rightly so annoyed and feels like he's detaching himself because he is. And for any relationship, it's just going to put strain on it. And um, so that's where Pepper's at. She's kind of like, look, you've either got to stop working and come and be a, be Tony Stark or, you know, she's going to leave and that's going to be it. Yeah. And t- Tony's kind of like, yeah, I need to get over this. But we actually find out that there's a string of bombings that have happened mm. uh, claimed by this terrorist organization known as the Mandarin. Now, the Mandarin were a, a, um, a kind of terrorist group in the comics that uh, have always been kind of very close to home. There hasn't been much written about them because it seems so realistic. It's not yeah. too far from things that we've experienced in 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 our lifetime and so it's um it's always been something that i felt marvel haven't really gone into as much as they could have because of it's a sensitive kind of gray area that's well, they, 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 t- they turned that idea on its head in this film yeah they that, did that, that we true. actually expect because you know i i remember the mandarin from the comics as well yeah and i did have that thought of oh they're going near something which yeah. is pretty but then again, that's what the MCU do anyway. Yeah, they try and make they try and put this in the most realistic possible way, and then to turn it on its head with what happens later on. Yeah, again, again, that's just MCU being great. It's true, and I like I like the way that they did all of this early stuff before any twist or anything like that. The way that they put it all together was it, it was frightening for me to watch yeah. that. You know, like and all the Ten Ring stuff and stuff like that, and the. Um, Ben Kingsley is just great doing all this um, oh. intimidating voiceover stuff. Uh, they got him on Fiverr, actually. He was yeah, really cheap. Great deal. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I look at this and I'm like, they're handling it really well because they're giving it the weight that it deserves in the way that they make the little shorts and the, the hostage videos and all that. Yeah. Um, so, Pry, is, it, is, is the Mandarin the person or is it the Ten Rings as the organization or what? It's the, uh, one and the same. So right. they're, they're known as the Mandarin, but before they are self-proclaimed as the Mandarin, they are the Ten Rings because that's their logo, how it how it's depicted. Right, okay. But they do have a, a leader, which is, calls himself the Mandarin as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so they can be either or. Cool, okay. Um, but they would definitely address their leader as the Mandarin right. regardless. But we don't... Yeah, anyway, we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, we because, can. Um, 
So this terrorist group of organizations for actually, I think I'm glad that you've picked up on that because we will to differentiate, differentiate, we will call the group of terrorists, the 10 rings and Mm -hmm. we'll call the leader, the Mandarin to avoid any confusion here. Nice. We'll have Mandarin and 10 rings. So we'll say, yeah, no confusion. The terrorist um, Mandarin has uh, basically left all of these intelligence agencies like CIA, everything like that completely confused because of these bombings that have gone on. And there's been no uh, physical evidence at the scene. It's been, I don't know if you boys remember, but like uh, like Hiroshima, you know, how there was outlines of people oh, yeah. left from the blast. It's that kind of thing going on. But that was a, a nuclear bomb or, or an atomic bomb. I can't remember which one it was now. Uh, yeah, um, it was an atom bomb, wasn't it? Atom, atom the atom, first one. Yeah. And so that's the kind of effects we're talking about. But in a small contained environment, it just, how does that happen? It's completely... Mm baffling um so happy happy hogan stark's oh. chief of security <laughs> comes down chris's favorite character and um i just don't get it <laughs> he's investigating one of the attacks um and he's following up a lead there and he actually gets really badly injured by one of these guys who is walking through he's tailing him and realizes that he starts glowing and he has incredible strength and he's like what is this guy on this is some next level stuff. And um, after Happy tries to attack him, he realizes that his efforts are futile. There's no way that he can actually defeat him. He tries a few different methods, but he's regenerative. And we see this thing again. We're like, what on earth is that? And um, he actually explodes. Yeah. And that puts Happy in into intensive care, which is like, oh, this is... But you loved that, Wakes. I, I was like, that's your favourite bit, wasn't it? If your favourite bit. <laughs> Look, I don't wish Good. him harm. Good. <laughs> I don't I don't wish him harm. I'm just like, what what was he th- he's, a, he, like, he's a moron. What's he thinking going after oh, this guy? Come Pull on, yourself Chris. together. You makes with Tony Stark. <laughs> so what should have he done then? What what, what, what should have he done? What should have he done? Should have he done then? Uh what should he he shouldn't have done anything, should he? Or like just be more subtle about it. He's blundering around the place. Oh Chris. Well he's yeah. happy. <laughs> what was that? So, <laughs> <laughs> All I had left was sounds for that comment. Fair. So as you know, though, um, Happy is Tony's best friend in the whole world. They are so close. So, so close. So now that he's in t- intensive care, Tony's really not happy. And he decides to... Hang on, um, hang on. No, carry on. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I know it's confusing, but Tony isn't No happy. confusion here, please. Happy isn't Tony, but you know what I mean. So... um it actually makes him go to a, a a press conference pretty much. It was kind of impromptu because he's leaving the hospital and loads of reporters flood up to him and say, Danny, well, you know, what, what? and he's like, what is going on? Nothing to do with him, you know, whatever. Is Iron Man going to come save us? Is Iron Man going to come save us? All this kind of stuff. And so he actually is very bold and he issues a threat on live television to the Mandarin, revealing his home address and saying, hey, you want to fight? Come to me. I'm ready for you. You've just attacked my best friend. Let's go. This turns into a mistake. Yeah. It does, but this moment is just Oh, awesome. it's brilliant. Oh, really my God. Badass. It's fantastic. Now, but the MCU, like, go on, like you were talking about Happy, this is where I go, even though he's my favourite superhero, I go, what are you doing? Oh, no, I, I love the balls of it. 
same. I just again, love that. And like the, the MCU does things in a way where you're consistently, they do things in a way where it's the best possible way, like in terms of storytelling and um, just awesome decisions that they make. And it's like, yeah. oh, Tony Stark has literally called him out on TV and has said, come on, let's have a go. Yeah. It's just like, it's the sort of stuff that makes you want to get up in your seat and cheer. Yeah. It Obviously, is. he does say as well, if you think you're hard enough. Oh, yeah, of course. He, he gives does. them that choice and that option. Yeah, he was wearing a bucket hat and a, a parka coat as well, and he was kind of <laughs> swaggering down the road. Yeah, like, listen to it, Stone Roses and his ears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this was actually, it shows his, his, his bravado, but how that's affected by how hurt he is in this moment. Mm. He, is, he is very arrogant and believes that he can take anyone on, but also add in to the fact that this man's just hurt his best friend. Of course he's going to say that. But I, th- yeah. I think it's also because he's having those panic attacks as well. If there's a scare, he's going to jump straight in because he's yeah. seen what happens when you just take your time and wait and don't actually do anything about it. He knows Definitely. that he just has to go for it. Yeah. And uh, so, of course, this prompts the uh, the, the dreaded Mandarin to to retaliate. And he, uh, he sends over gunships to Tony's house and... This is at the same time we meet this lovely young lady again, who is Maya. Who, Rebecca Hall? Yeah. And she comes and knocks on Tony's door and says, uh, hey, look, I, I need to speak to Tony. And Pepper's like, uh, ex-girlfriend alert, here we go. This is not going to be good. And she actually wants to talk about AIM and she wants to talk about what's been going on, how all of this is happening and all this kind of stuff. And that Tony should have listened to her. Tony should have listened to Aldrich and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he's like, whatever. They look behind him. She says, "Is uh, should should we get out of here? Because um, there's some gunships over there." And he's oh, like, "It's probably fine. Probably be alright." To be honest, I mean, they're quite a while away. He's and like, they "Have a roast." Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> "Damn, we've got to move." And um, in possibly one of the coolest scenes ever, we see these gunships just open fire on Tony's house, and Tony knows that his first priority is getting Pepper safe. And probably the coolest scene of all time is when that rocket comes in and he just goes and sends his armor straight to Pepper because he is actually in his time of of being with it with having insomnia and building these suits. He's actually invented some new technology Mm. that allows him to um, kind of shoot the armor wherever he chooses to because of implants that he's got on his wrists. Now, this is really fascinating tech because it means he can call his suit from wherever he is at that point. So he manages to get it on Pepper and he takes a bit of a bad hit. Um, and he tells Pepper to take Maya out, get her safe. And she kind of is umming and ahhing. And he's just like, just do it. Just go now. So she goes, <coughs> Tony has kind of got to use his... He's got to, He's got to not rely on his suits right now because... They're all falling through the ground as we yeah. speak, falling through into the ocean because they're blowing it up. And um, he ha- he manages to get one suit, but it's an experimental suit. It's not got all of its functions ready. It can't fire. It can't fly. And he's like, Jarvis, what have we got? What is online? And they're like, uh, the thrusters are online, sir. And so he uses his hand thruster to blast a piano straight into a helicopter, which is just awesome. And he's like, that worked. That really worked. And um, he's still in this experimental armor, though, that's being savagely beaten. And he realizes that this armor can't do anything. And so he knows that Pepper's clear and he calls the armor back to him. 
the armor that actually works and um, takes him out. He takes him out, but in the process of this, falls down. It's, I mean, a dreaded scene right here. I mean, do you boys remember? Because he gets pulled under the water, doesn't he? He, gets, yeah. he goes underwater, doesn't he? I mean, it's and a nightmare uh, situation. If, if we remember how Tony's... Won. Yeah, how Tony's anxiety is. Now oh, yeah. Imagine being in a metal suit when he has yeah. claustrophobia anyway yeah. and panic attacks and he's falling to the bottom of the ocean. He's basically screwed in every way. Yeah. Um, he does, of course, manage to get out, which is lovely, but the world believes that he's dead and he actually has to fly off and, and, and keep the the myth that he's dead because they'll keep sending attacks otherwise. Um, and so... Uh, he Stark now goes to investigate. He does some investig investigative stuff while he's flying away. And do you remember how how he lands as well? Do you remember this? Where he's, well, in the uh, snowy, um, he's yeah. in Tennessee, isn't he? Yeah. In the way he crashes down. Because that suit had... comes apart an awful lot for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, mean, like, he... it just it seems to become its component parts quite quite readily. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love that this next twenty minutes though is oh, it's brilliant. great. Yeah, so at this point he's um he's actually passed out and the suit's taken him away from the danger and it's just kept going because it's on autopilot. It's just like, yeah. keep going. Falls into the snow and continues to have a panic attack as normal. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we get to the point where he has to haul his suit just along in the snow. This, this uh, extreme billionaire engineer is now just an engineer in a place where people don't really care who Tony Stark is yeah. and he's got to literally haul his suit this, for miles This miles. is why this film is great though because it shows him at the start when he's literally a completely different character and then yeah. suddenly he's thrown into another moment where he has yeah. to remember all those things that he learned years and years ago of just being an engineer, not having the money, not having yeah. any of that, just literally on his own, just working. It's true. Yeah. It's stripping off layers of him, isn't it? Yeah, because like he's That's... stripped from his of his confidence and his uh, own ability because he has all the panic attacks. Stripped think... of his money and his power. That's, That's what this whole metaphor. film really is. Because he has, obviously, like you said, bro, he has Pepper now as well, and mm. he obviously has to think of her and think of her safety now before he ever thinks of himself. Old mm. Tony wouldn't have done that. No, never. It's him, him, him. Mm. But straight away he saves Pepper and stuff like that. Like. This is a completely different character, a whole new Tony Stark that's gone through the Avengers and stuff, and he's now been stripped of his money. His suit is in tatters. Like, it, it's it's brilliant how many things are thrown at him in this film. Yeah, yeah. The whole dragging of the suit is a, just a massive metaphor if you think about it. Because Iron Man has been carrying him through all of this, and all of a sudden Iron Man is the weak and powerless one, and suddenly Tony Stark has to drag him along. Yeah. You see the weight of carrying the suit. It's um, it it works quite well as a metaphor for what's going on. Well, it's yeah. a beautiful metaphor. It's literal in every sense that this this suit is 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 this weight upon him that's now a responsibility you know he is now iron man he's announced that to the world that he is iron man so holds a huge responsibility and when things go a bit wrong he's having to pick up the pieces literally mm. in this scene and um we see him go to a phone booth to contact pepper and he says that i'm okay 
going under the radar though need to sort some things out sort myself out mm. he does he does seem to do this a lot the, the running away kind of thing is mm. tony's kind of natural instinct rather than kind of um being there in the moment but he actually meets this this lovely little boy who um because <laughs> he's in the, he's in his uh in his garage and this boy meets him with a spud gun and says hey punk get out of here look i got a spud gun you know, match for this. And Tony is very sweet and warm and humbling to this to this kid who doesn't know, doesn't really know him. I, I don't know if I've got this right or not, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't really know him. He recognises the suit, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he knows Iron Man um, and recognises the suit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he has a, a lovely little chat with this kid and he asks if it's okay if he helps him to rebuild the suit basically and um what do, what does he ask the kid to get for him though uh, uh peanut butter sa- jelly sandwich yeah it's something like yeah yeah pb and j something like that which is lovely um and this kid's like of course he gets to help out iron man like this is this is every kid's dream and he says that he'll he'll make him a, a better a better spud gun and he gives him this little little contraption for bullies because he knows that he's being bullied. He says that to him, that he's, he's got bullies at his school. And he said, if you ever have any troubles with any bullies, just press this button and you'll be fine. It will be sorted out. And he's like, great, let's get to work. It's a nuke. It's, yeah, it's a nuke. It's, it's an A-bomb, A-bomb. Yeah. And uh, so now Tony is using this uh, this kid or this kid's family's garage to create a workshop basically he's turned it into his own workshop with Tony's fantastic mind that he's got knows that he has to get to work and try and repair this gear unfortunately most of Jarvis is unable to connect to any sort of mainframe at all so it's all a bit fragmented at the moment and it's kind of coming Jarvis is coming in speaking this kind of cryptic language which I thought is a really nice touch it's the it's language the, of the Sith mate it is yeah, yeah but he can't speak it no not allowed to not allowed to not um, Rivendell <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> And uh, so, again, this is a really important kind of, as Jenk says, 20 minutes of this film that shows us a new side of Tony where he's really caring towards this child who neither of them owe each other anything. It's just down to simple human interaction, down to its basics. There's no prejudice there. There's no... It doesn't care about how old each other are. They're just talking like friends. And it's a really lovely moment to see that. But um, Stark goes into a local town because there's a another similar explosion that's happened with all the hallmarks of the Mandarin attack, you know, the, that kind of A-bomb yeah. silhouette that's left behind. Um, and he discovers that these bombings were triggered by soldiers that were um, kind of subjected to the... The, this thing that's going on that's the what, regenerative was it, was it the kid's older brother or am I completely making that up oh that happened in yes. that town it was yeah. that he was the one that died and that's how the kid yeah, t- yeah so his oh, older brother right? yeah his older brother was the one that died and um, so he talks about that and that's how they know about it um and it sound like they got you emotional there but no that's how they know about it it's really tough it's really tough um and so they know that this was kind of covered up, this bombing, and instead people were saying that it was... Um, I can't remember what they were saying now, they, but it was falsely attributed to a, a terrorist plot rather than oh, yeah. to, to, to cover up, yeah. Yeah, and the, the, yeah that's right, because he meets the mother in the bar, yeah. and yes. he's like, I know that your son was innocent. 
yeah that's isn't that it. right so he this isn't where we are at now and um he goes into the bar and speaks to that lovely old lady and says yeah i know that your your son was innocent and she's kind of like a, right she's really kind of beaten down at this point but she's of course open to to anyone trying to prove this um and then at the same time mandarin is sent and the ten rings are sending agents uh two agents to attack tony now it seems that the the mandarin are kind of targeting tony at this point because of everything that he did Mm. um the agents turn up and there's a bit of a, a fight that ensues. And this is because um, Stark has got has found some evidence that he was um, that the kid was innocent, um, and so he wants to show it to the mother. And these agents are trying to cover this up, and so this fight ensues, and we actually see this glowing, these glowing well, yeah, people once again. They're two enhanced um, uh, agents, aren't they? So they're incredibly powerful. And it's the same guy who. Um who Happy was attacked by, right? Yeah. And who we saw essentially die, like he, um, in the Chinese theatre. You remember that that whole yeah. big attack thing that went on? It's the same guy who keeps on cropping up. Um, he was a very he's a very threatening character, and he's become this sort yeah. of. He doesn't really say much, but he, he's that sort of, um, just that sort of classic imposing henchman. Yeah, yeah, and the girl and as well who turns up as well. What I like yeah. though is that Tony has to use his ingenuity, yeah, in this part to defeat them. That's that's the great thing. Again, you're seeing Tony, Tony without Tony, Tony. <laughs> you've seen Tony at the Calvary with Toby, and he's he's just using pure ingenuity like he does with the I don't know what they call it in America. You know the big water, the water tower. Yeah, is it what? Yeah, I was going to say water butt. Yeah, that's what it is. That is what it is. That's, that's what water I, butt. Yeah, with the big water butt and stuff like that, and him just you know working out yeah. every way to possibly stop them and stuff like that. And it's 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 great to see Tony like that. But again, th- but this is the great thing is that you start to see that Tony Stark is kind of a superhero in himself. Well, yeah, that is it, isn't it? Because the question always with people like Iron Man is how much of it is the suit and how much of it is Tony Stark. So exactly. when he's able to handle these situations against these super enhanced creatures and he can handle himself and like, obviously he can't come into too close contact with them because he is just a human. Yeah. Um, but he still is like his superpower is his mind. Like we've said that before and it's, it, it really shows it here because he's a clever guy. He works out exactly how to deal with these things. Yeah, with the, with the microwave scene, I think is really cool. Oh yeah, he knows yeah. that he can use this microwave as a weapon by putting um, some sort of metal in there and use it. He uses the timer to perfectly time it to, to so blast good. at this woman. And again, it, it's lovely. And he he manages to defeat one of them with just his, as Jake said, his pure ingenuity, his mind. And uh, then he manages to capture the other one. But mm. they get it. They get out of his grasp. Of course they do. They can melt yeah. metal and uh, actually takes the the little kid hostage. Yeah. Oh, but this yeah. is a, this Holden. is all Tony. This is to, and I think the reason why Tony has this kind of almost superhero esque thing about him now is that he has been battle hardened. Yeah. Now he's seen a lot of stuff as our Tony. Yeah. And you know it's it's not like Tony just at the start where he just worked on weapons manufacturing like he's been there he's done that he's seen some heavy stuff he's been into outer space and thrown a nuke 
Yeah. Like, this is a man that, you know, has, has dealt with the devil. Yeah. And doesn't and mind it, playing the game again. Yeah. And we have this lovely scene where this kid actually uses his anti-bully device to, to um, stun this oh, yeah. agent, which yeah. is really cool. And it gives enough time for, for Tony to bring down the water butt and to take him yeah. out. And that's an awesome little moment. And they have a nice little heart-to-heart afterwards where Tony has a bit of sarcasm when the police are all there and stuff. And the kid's kind of saying... You know, hey, I'll come with you and help you out. And he's like, no, it's all good. I saved you. And he's like, no, actually, I, I saved you. He's like, no, I saved you first. <laughs> Lovely little bit of Tony Stark humour. That um, do you think that's still... a little kind of forward thinking to him being almost a father figure? Yeah, definitely. Because obviously, in w- what happens in Endgame, he does become an actual father and stuff. But you actually see this part of Tony where he's grown up. He's an adult, and he can actually. Yeah, we know that Tony has wanted a kid with Pepper since forever. And yeah. he's kind of learning with this kid who's not his own how to to be a father almost accidentally. He's yeah. just kind mm. of going through these these typical phases of fatherhood accidentally. Yeah. Um, Same with Spider-Man, of course. Yeah, very that much relationship. so. Very yeah. much so. That's a lovely relationship as well. I can't wait till we get to that. Actually. Yeah, that's yeah, really good. great stuff. Um, but Tony is speeding off now. He's speeding off, you know. Classic Tony Stark style. Um, And Killian, Aldrich Killian, has resurfaced and he is now trying to lure Pepper into his advanced idea mechanics. He's looking good as well, isn't he? He's looking very good. She can't believe it. Oh, he's a dish. Lovely. Oh, absolute dish. Beautiful. I'd have him. Oh, yeah. He shows her his brain working in real time in this Mm. kind of like projection. It's just incredible. She's baffled by it. And um, Stark tries to get hold of Happy, who's kind of not very tech savvy with the, the old FaceTime. Just had a, he says it's 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 not forehead I like, time. It's I like forehead. this scene. It's funny. Yeah, it's not forehead time. It's FaceTime. Bring it down. Bring it down. And then uh, <laughs> there's a lovely little moment. And um, he kind of uh, is talking to Happy, saying, look, you need to make sure that Pepper's safe. He's like, she's fine. Don't worry about it. She's with uh, this guy. Let me just show you him. And he's like, I know who that is. That's Aldrich Killian. you got to get her out of there, boy. It doesn't go to plan, boys. It does not well, go no, to, to say plan. The least. To say the least. She, uh, Pepper Potts is actually taken hostage um, later on with assistance from Maya Hansen that we find out later on. Um, and this forces the American intelligence of the sorts not not the shields, but the uh, of the other sorts to try and find the Mandarin's location, with everyone's favourite, Rhodey James Rhodes has come back in, the great and man. He's now sporting the Iron Patriot that was yeah. the former War Machine, now repainted. What do we think about War Machine um, Iron Patriot boys? I much prefer War Machine. Of course, I'm a, I'm a I'm a simple man yeah. at heart. Leave Captain America to Captain America, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I, that's Weeks' I'm, his viewpoint. I'm Patriot is just a bit. <coughs> well, you're right. The whole purpose for the I'm Patriot was to make it like Captain America because they wanted yeah. it to be more friendly, a hero, something. But that I, people I, could... I think they were also. It's just a bit too. I you know I like American stuff, but when American patriotism gets that much, where you've yeah. got two characters, I'm like. It's, it's right. quite you sickly, the amount of colour. But then again, in the MCU, there is um, um, an English superhero that's oh, called yeah. uh, 
is it Union Jack? Yeah, Union Jack. He was um, yeah. part of the ragtag group with Captain America. He's an, yeah. he's an English character. He's been featured in the MCU already, and we are hopefully meant to be seeing more of him later yeah. down the line. Where, where was he featured right? in the MCU? In um, in Captain America: First Avenger. He's is one he of the in there? Is he in the Howling Commandos? Apparently, he's in the Howling Commandos. Yeah, he well, he always was in the comics. Oh, is yeah. he the? He's the. Is he the commando? As in, like the oh, the jolly stiff upper lip sort of chap. Yeah. Exactly. Is that him? Yeah, oh, that's, no way. That's meant to be Union Jack. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out because they didn't really make any mention. But this is what everyone said because he yeah. was always a Howling Commando from day dot in the comics. He was always there. Yeah, and um, we saw this British guy. People put two and two together, and that's exactly who it was. No basically. way. Interesting. Yeah, which is fascinating, and we're meant to see a whole new series with him. I think they need to do a whole series on just the Howling Commandos. Oh, like, I'd love to see that. They, they were wasted a little stories. bit, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, they were, they were featured in uh, Agent Carter for yeah. a small oh, okay. amount, which, which was nice to see. And I see the original actors all back and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but, but it, but it I, wasn't I, enough. I think the Patriot is just a bit too much for me. I'm like, yeah. um, Americans need to just stop. Mm. You've got Captain America. <laughs> Be happy. All right, and the, not, the great, but the great thing about Captain America is that he goes back and forth on his, his like allegiances, and most of the time he realizes his allegiance is just to himself now because he can't trust anyone. Yeah, and, well, Jinx and Chris, you'll be happy to know that the Iron Patriot is actually lured into a trap by Aldrich to steal his armor, ah. so he's not going to be sporting that ah. that armor anymore. I'm delighted. Although I'm no, not but, against Rhodey, obviously. Oh, of course no. not. But this is this is the plan right now: is that he can get a suit of armor, um, because of course he wants to. He wants to be invisible and a- act as the Iron Patriot to do more terrorist acts, but blame the Iron Patriot for mm. it, which is fantastic. And now Stark, on the other hand, has to trace down the mandarin but he hasn't got anything really other than his kind of made up inventions that he's got like a homemade taser of things that the kid brought him that he could use to weaponize and it's all very kind of um subterfuge devices that are diy really, in it yeah it's very diy yeah and uh he, he infiltrates the headquarters of the mandarin i love this oh. this is so hitman yeah, it's it's Tom Clancy, it's Hitman, it's that kind of thing. I love it. Yeah. And um he works his way in and discovers that this Mandarin is an English actor named Trevor <laughs> which is the best turn of events to ever come out of a film. I was dying laughing at this because I still didn't expect it, even when he's got the girls in bed and he's coming back out and he's oh, sorry, shouldn't have said that. <gasps> He's drunk and he's he's kind of waddling around. It's brilliant stuff. Um, and we find out that he's just a decoy and he actually was oblivious to the actions carried out in his image. You know, he didn't realise that he was doing bad. He thought he was just hired as an actor because he believes yeah. he's this kind of um, almost bohemian actor that is an artiste and he will do everything for his art and really sold this character believing that it was a character and not an actual terrorist organization which is really lovely mm. um so this is but this is a controversial thing right there is a group of fans who are like this is the worst thing that's ever happened yeah definitely i've definitely. got mixed feelings about it because okay. I, I really like um i like this moment in that i like you probably i think it's absolutely hilarious and i think that ben kingsley plays it 
so so well like i completely believe him when he says that goes off yeah i think i like it more now that there's been that um is it a little short film of him in prison and then he's contacted by the real mandarin who's really angry with him for impersonating him yeah yeah, yeah. I, i really like that because that that sort of redeems it from being a wasted character in a way because like the Mandarin is set up as this awesome character and he's so like I loved it so much I was so invested in all that coming off yeah and and it, it just it read so well I was like this this is this is a great villain and adversary for Iron Man and beyond and then when it was all revealed to be a hoax I was like oh so that's well I mean there's no who's the villain now oh it's Killian oh he's a bit yeah, you know it's not I as agree. cool as the Mandarin I so totally the, agree that the Mandarin is is out there and and he's angry that they took his name that's yeah. a whole new level I really like that yeah and it, again it is and it's this this kind of play this twist that the MCU have put in place here that just is genius because now that we know that there is an actual Mandarin and an act, you know a further organisation yeah. that genuinely had no idea that it was going on this whole new level of intrigues there where we're going okay so if this wasn't the real Mandarin, this wasn't the real Ten Rings to say, per se anyway, there's another organisation that are worse than this in some senses, what on earth are we going to get in the future? It yeah. opens up a whole can of worms. Hopefully um, something awesome. Yeah. And so Stark realises all this, realises it's all a decoy, it's a waste of time. And um, meanwhile, all this is going on, we actually, Killian is working with Maya, which is, um, we're, we're kind of introduced to this. And he um, he's now used her formula to cure his own disability, and that's mm. how he managed to look how he is. And uh, he's expanded this program because it's all hiding behind Ames' program. They're trying to release it to the public and say, look, it can it can cure injured war veterans and people like this, um, and revealing that he is the real Mandarin to us, the the viewer. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing that's like. He, I love the way that AIM do things. I hate it, of course, it's awful, but from a viewer's point of view, it's really interesting to watch mm. this this idea that they're pandering to the people and saying we can help you and double-crossing the people as well as the heroes. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I, th- sorry, I think I it's quite interesting choked. as well. Is that at, at, this, <laughs> at this time in film, I don't know if you guys are thinking about it, a lot of villains have gone down the virus route Hmm. in a lot of films like Hmm. I think of Kingsman like even Grimsby the film Grimsby has gone down a virus route I do not know that film have you not seen the film Grimsby Sasha Baron Cohen no no I've not oh it's it's average but (laughs) it's quite it's quite interesting that the you know for a brief period in time with film like the Russians we're always the evil ones. Oh, and yeah. For a brief period of time, it was always Germans, you know, the, the evil ones, or the British. But during the past kind of 10 years, it's been like virus and disease have always been... Mm, what, genetically the, engineered? Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, things like that, a virus that can do this, a disease that can do this. I actually put that to the advances in... Uh, modern medicine and technology now um, mm. these superhero films are attaching themselves more to the modern world you know whereas beforehand genetically engineering things wasn't heard of yeah it's and true so th- and they'd be laughed at 
yeah. biological warfare as well, like Gaddafi and people like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that, that was all about the threat of them performing that sort of thing on, on their enemies, uh, which is obviously against the conventions of war. So yeah. it's more in the public consciousness, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. And this, it's I mean, a lot, the extremist stuff makes me think of Resident Evil as well. Oh, um, yeah. Think of the games in particular. Yeah. Because they do get this sort of super strength and it does curse them as well. Yeah. Definitely. In a big way. There's it's, another game. I can't put my finger on what it is, but it almost even visually, it looks like another game. I'm going to try and, try and remember what yeah. it is, but I can't think it's, what it I is. mean, it's almost quite ironic to the situation that we are in now. Yeah. Yeah. Considering. I mean, it is. The MCU likes to reflect the real world and mm. they're doing that, you know, whereas once upon a time, the, uh, in, in the days of Captain America, the enemy that was so big, of course, was Hitler. And so that was an obvious enemy. That's what people knew as the clear differentiation between good and bad. Yeah. Hitler and someone like Captain America. And it was set for us. Now we know um, this kind of chemical warfare that Chris was talking about is the new bad. It's the way that people are now starting wars. There's no... We don't have wars like World War One and Two anymore because there's no, no need. You can fly over a, a bomb. Think, or... But that's what's interesting, I think, with the Mandarin twist in this film, is that it plays it as if it is a classic. You know, like in the in the 40s, Hitler, you know, so he's always going to be the enemy. In the 60s, Russians, Cold War, mm. always going to be the enemy. In our time, they go along that kind of Middle Eastern route mm. because, you mm. know, at at the moment, that's, you know, the kind of threats that we're getting from terrorism. And they go down that route and you think, oh, okay, they're doing the usual because, you know, they, they want to reflect it. And then because it is that chemical thing and virus thing, they show, bang, no, twist it. It can be anyone that can do this. Mm. Yeah. And that that's what's quite interesting with that flip. Because I know you, you guys didn't fully agree, but I think it's very good as, a, as an average cinema goer's perspective because you do think, oh, they're going down the same route again like every other film has. It's someone in the Middle East doing something bad, but then they just flip it back. Mm. I think it's very clever of them. It oh, is. absolutely. No I, I, no, I agree. And I think the twist is great. Um, and it's excellently handled. My, my issue is just the loss of the potential of the character. Of the character, More than anything yeah. else. Yeah, which hopefully has been redeemed now. Because hopefully, we're to, yeah. We're exactly, meant to be getting yeah. a Mandarin series as well on, on Disney+. Plus. Is of that course. right? Yeah, we're meant to be getting a whole Mandarin series. So let's, uh, let's hope that all that oh, plays out. Very cool. Um, but now Stark has been, <coughs> has been captured. And he's been captured by the Mandarin. And he comes face to face with Aldrich and learns more of his plan. And Aldrich um, is, is with Meyer at this point. It's when Tony realises that they're working together. And he's kind of like, what is going on? And we kind of see this true side of Aldrich that he would do anything to have his plan come to fruition, mm. even shooting Maya straight in the head because she has this kind of... Uh, she's being pulled by Tony in, in a sense as well because she knows what's right and what's wrong here. She doesn't want her in, invention of this regenerative yeah. plant that she's invented. This Again, this, though, that, that's MC not pulling any punches. Yeah, just definitely. going for it. MCU yeah. just completely going for it, just killing her. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's really oh. tough. I remember watching in the cinema, I was like, oh, that's tough. Yeah. But it, at the same time, it's so effective at getting their point across. Mm. This woman who has created this amazing thing and wanted to share it with the world and believed that Aldrich had the same vision as her, 
who's now feeling betrayed because she realizes that he just wants it for warfare mm. and now changes her mind and that gets her a bullet in the head it's tough stuff but again it's the way that it is and uh, Aldrich leaves Tony to be tortured. This is He's just strapped to a bed frame. And uh, not in the way you're thinking. It's kind of propped upright. But he is handcuffed onto it, so it's a bit weird. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Is, yes. And we get another another bit of Tony's humour where he tells the bodyguards that they're all going to all gonna die. And it's going to be because of him. And they're like, how? You're handcuffed to a bed. You're not going to be doing anything. And he says, um, in three, two, one... One, any minute, any minute, and he's holding his hand out, and then his Iron Man glove just goes, boom, attaches to his hand, and he blasts him away. Lovely little, awesome little moment, and eventually gets the rest of his suit, and he's able to get out of there, and it's kind of coming in bits, and as we saw earlier on the film, I don't know if I mentioned because it was a small part, but his um, technology, when he was getting it to come to him, wasn't perfected. Yeah, I, I, I like this. Yeah, yeah so, so do I. The crotch area it, hits it, him and it, it, ca- it catches up with him at random moments and you can just see him go, oh! Yeah, I but then it. when he catches his face at the end, does that cartwheel and catches the mask and then slams down on the ground in superhero style. That's been used in trailers everywhere because yeah. it's iconic. Yeah. And we see this moment where he says, not again, because he's going to be ready for it this time, catches his mask and he's good to go. There's still bits of... His legs that aren't there, his Iron Man armor legs that are still coming in. It's not properly there. But um, he gets in touch with Rhodey, which is awesome at this point because Rhodey hasn't got his suit. Mm. And so Rhodey's saying, look, it's not me up there. We need to do something. And he's like, no problem. Don't even worry. Don't even worry, mate. So he's with Rhodes now and uh, discovers that Killian intends to attack the president aboard this airplane the air force one which of course is the president's classic airplane um using the iron patriot armor he's actually disguised in it um but it's savin now this is one of his agents not killian at this point so yeah. one of his this agents. is the ball guy isn't it yeah the so henchman he, from th- all the way through the film yeah so he's one of the agents who survived and he's wearing the suit now and um stark has to go aboard there but not literal not in the literal sense he's uh he's on a boat and he's uh, controlling his armor remotely, which oh, is another. Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool moment mm. um, because again we see the advance in technology. He's using this suit as uh, as as a weapon without actually being in it. It takes any risk away from the environment, yeah. knowing that he can control these suits remotely, and uh, has to save the president at this point and take out this agent. This is somewhere that the MCU do incredibly well. They incrementally introduce these things and these bits of text so you, you, you don't question them ever. I was thinking, because mm. you boys know I was watching Endgame last night and Infinity yeah. War before that. There were things that were happening in there and I was noticing them this time around. And I was like, if this had been handled badly, it would be unbelievable. Yeah. Or it would be um, like, this, like this thing with Tony's technology because it's built up and it's got this history. The nanotech. Yeah, you believe that it that he could have done this because you've seen mm. how he's developed the technology. The yeah. original Iron Man was so uh, primitive in and but but believable, and because it starts from that really solid foundation, they then can build on it. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's just there's something in that um, very very clever development which just lends um, believability to the whole thing for me. Yeah, I completely agree, and uh, it's actually. Um, 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't know what I was going to say there, but I completely agree. Big, big fan, big <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, so the, the plan is to rescue the president and to get all of the other, uh, what, what do you call them, congressmen, are they called? Uh, are they Pol- Politicians. Yeah. Politicians. It's the cabinet, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, let's just say them anyway. So he needs and to rescue. And a chest of drawers. It, yeah, that's it. He needs to rescue all of them, um, and at the same time, Killian's aboard with the president, of course. And mm. he takes him hostage. They're unable to save the president, and but they manage to save everyone else. But it's this kind of thing where Tony still feels like he hasn't won, um, and so he has to go and find them now which is a real fun bit so they actually trace him to this um it's like a like an oil tanker kind of it's, it's an, an abandoned damaged oil tanker yeah um, loads of containers and shipping yeah stuff they're, in, there, they're, they're in a yeah, container classic port. Stuff. yeah yeah and and killian has actually got a plan to kill the president live on television he has him chained Mental. up and hoisted up kind of dangling up in the air it's very angels and demons isn't it yeah mm. definitely i didn't think about that but definitely um and uh, so I actually got it wrong. It's the vice president. It's not the actual president. I need what to they've got there? Is it not yeah. the president? Um, oh, no, sorry. Oh, no, no. no, the vice president actually has to become the president now. Sorry. That's oh, right. yeah, and he's got... Because impl- there's that scene with the party, isn't there? Yeah. They're, they're watching, aren't they? Him. They're watching live. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And so he has to now become the kind of, like, elected stand-in president. Um, but he's following Killian's orders, as we know. Yeah, that's because right. Because he's, he's part of their, their group. But he's uh, under it, duress, isn't he? He's got something on him. Oh, it's, it's, ch- it it's his child. Something like he, that. He needs to cure his child because she's got one arm missing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so he's agreed to work with him as, as long as he'll save his daughter. Yeah. And we see him at, at his daughter's party talking yeah. on the phone, all that kind of amazing stuff where we realise that these politicians are corrupt and yeah. uh, are just under his will. So he's Killian's pulling the strings throughout all this. Um, and um, so Stark's working to save Pepper, who's actually being injected at the moment with the this awful serum that they've got, mm. which is which makes them all glowy. And um, Rhodey's going after the president. This is their plan. They're, they're both there and they're both going to go either way, one to save Pepper, one to save the president. Um, and so Stark summons his remaining Iron Man suits in this awesome protocol that he releases where he brings brings the party to where they are. And we realise that we see all these suits that he's been working on. Probably one, a really emotional point for me that I don't know if yeah. it was emotional for everyone, but it was because I saw all of his pain and these years of of being riddled with anxiety and depression coming to to save his situation at this point for me felt like so powerful and appropriate for the situation they were in i think it's something that he could take pride in at that moment yeah. oh yeah you know, everything that he's worked on and stuff like that you know through all all of that you were talking about prior you know and all the arrogance and stuff like that of him being iron man as well because it it didn't change his character completely he still had that arrogance mm, but then right. in his actual moment of pure need to yeah. save to save the president but more to save pepper yeah that his inventions have come and they're standing there with him it's it's, it's a lovely again kind of metaphor for the work that he has been doing it's has true, but also the obsessiveness off. The obsessiveness yeah. that he's yeah. shown because he's he's not been satisfied 
with um, the ones that he's made, you know, and that that really shows what his mental state was like. Yeah. Um, in his darker days, like Pro was saying, with his insomnia and constant, constant working. Can you imagine, my God, he's built all of these suits. Imagine the state that he must have been in just to keep yeah. working and working and working mm. and pounding away and improving, uh, gently, gently improving with each one. Gently, yeah. gently. Yeah. You're completely right. And uh, what's even cooler is that all these suits are being remotely controlled by Jarvis, lest yeah. we forget, yeah. um, to provide this uh, air support almost from Jarvis, who's acting as the, as always for me, been the other the the other Avenger that um, is yeah. kind of not really there, but is there before yeah. we see um, anything from Ultron, of course. Yeah, um, of course. Are these really... famous suits as well, Pry? Like oh, from all, the comics? All of them are from the comics. This is what's right. made it so cool for fan service for comic book fans. This uh, is how you do fan service. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We see suits from the comics in incredible CGI, may I add. The suits look her stunning oh yeah yeah and i mean we see some real variations in these suits some are really bulked up and they can they're used for carrying large weights to be able to sustain large pressure and in some are more streamlined and, and more agile some mm. have more tech and more weapons whereas some kind of have less but more melee kind of skill now that to me is just so much thought into every suit mm. and they all serve their purpose which is what they did in the comics and at this point though He's not giving Rhodey a suit, which is another little thing that he's always done. He's never wanted Rhodey to have a suit. He doesn't want his best friend in danger. It's always been the case. And so he says that he hasn't got enough. I haven't got enough suits for you. Uh, they're, they're all for me. They're all targeted to my to my wrist and my hand. So you, you won't be able to get in them. And that's another lovely little thing. And so Rhodey has to secure the president and take him to safety without a suit and has to use his um, military training, which is, again great to see Rhodey without mm. a suit at this point because we yeah. see he's a fighter a real great fighter and I, I, I love Rhodey's character I think El Chido is just for me up there I think he's fantastic as an actor mm. and um, I really think that he's not often talked about as much as I feel he deserves when it comes yeah. to the MCU. No that is true he, is, he does seem like a sort of a second tier um, yeah. Avenger really for whatever reason, I suppose because he is, it like it, it's so like Iron Man. Yeah, it's he like, feels oh, like Iron, he's Man, like Iron Man, Man two, but he's not Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like Iron Man two or Iron Man Junior, yeah. but he's really not because, as War Machine, he's a force to be reckoned with. Oh and, yeah, I mean, he can go toe to toe with Tony. We've seen it. We've actually mm. seen it, mm. and so there's there's no reason why he couldn't beat him. But anyway, so they're of course they're working together, and we see these incredible scenes where Tony is jumping off these containers and landing in a suit mid-flight and we see that the back of the suit opens up and it's all uh, geared to his implants that he's got this whole new tech is really being used for the first time and it's beautiful scenes we are seeing explosions and him jumping and having to rely on his own stamina to get into this suit you know he's no longer able to rely on Iron Man to get yeah. to make this jump anymore he has to make this jump himself to get into the suit and that's another little little metaphor there mm. um, and so Rhodey saves the president takes him to safety and uh, Tony discovers that Pepper is still alive after being um, injected with this procedure um, 
but just before he's about to save her, this kind of rig and debris collapses around them and she falls yeah. down to the platform below. This does not sit well with Tony. Now It didn't with me either. I, I thought no. this was it for Pepper. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, Gwyneth, I didn't think we'd see another, another peak yeah. from her, but we really did. But uh, this is Tony's had one of his best his best friend in intensive care and now his partner who he believes has just been crushed by this debris and he's already a very broken man lest we forget mm. so now this is really the the switch that's flicked that's gone from i need to do my duty and save the people that i care about to i don't care anymore this guy's mm. gonna die and when that happens it's actually really scary to see tony change and he has this hand-to-hand battle with Killian, and it's very close. Killian is really powerful, and he's melting through Tony's armour, mm. all these things that Tony later on in the later films has to find fixes for, because, again, we've talked about this many times, but he finds a fix when something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he, he believes she's dead. He's fighting Killian, but he is cornered at this point, without a suit that is completely broken and Killian is getting ready to kill Tony and out of nowhere Pepper comes in with a huge bit of metal and whacks him one sends him flying and she's glowing red and he's like I mean I'm glad you're alive but (laughs) you're kind of explosive right now she does Uh, look good though oh she does in that tank top oh crikey they knew what they were doing they really did and um it's actually, uh, yeah, she, it's actually Pepper that kills Killian and saves Tony. So we've now seen the tables turned. Yeah, Tony's no longer the hero of the day. So, well, yeah. he is, but he's not the one who ends this threat. Yeah. It's actually he's not the Pepper. lone wolf, is he, anymore? Exactly. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, I love, I love this because it, it shows that you can't always go out at things all on your own and having these people by your side isn't a bad thing. You don't yeah. have to take things on your own like Tony always does. Um, and in this beautiful scene where he's, he's they're holding each other, having a lovely intimate moment, and Pepper asks, what, what are you going to do with, with all these suits? You know, we've got all these. And he asks Jarvis to, to call in the clean slate protocol, which is... A protocol that you're not really going to do. Well, you're never going to do more than once, really. And it's to destroy every single one of the Iron Man suits. And this, he does this as a sign of devotion to Pepper to say, look, I love you more than these suits. I'll never let this myself be um, constrained by whatever's going on in my life. And I won't put you second to these suits anymore. It's a really mm. kind of beautiful moment. And... Um, I love it. The vice president and um, and everyone's rescu- uh, are arrested because they have been conspiring against the president and working with uh, with Aldrich, of course. And um, Pepper's able to get stabilised um, because they they find a, a cure, which is lovely, and she's able to to get back on it. Because Tony, he always knew the cure. He always knew it. He wrote the formula down back yeah. in '99, and um, yeah, so. We now see this incredible scene where Iron Man is actually doing his bit for sur- for his surgery now, and he undergoes the surgery to remove the shrapnel near his heart, yeah, uh, to to throw away his obsolete chest arc reactor 
into the sea and um he makes a little joke and says that even without even without the technology he'll always be iron man and again what a beautiful way to end a film mm. i mean it's that kind of thing where we are now moving into the next next phase where yeah. tony is no longer in danger he's got the love of his life he has a clean slate to work from and we have these beautiful heart-wrenching moments at the yeah. end that's iron man 3 boys it's really good isn't it it's really good it's, like, it's forget, really good i forget how good it is a lot yeah, yeah it's yeah it's it's one of those ones where i don't know it's when you put it up against some of the captain americas or something like that it's still a really good film. It's just a different sort of film. It is, and it's kind of less on our minds, I think, a lot of the time. Whereas, you know, for for whatever reason, Winter Soldier sticks out to us more, perhaps because it's it's easier to get attached to that. Yeah. But with this, it's kind of more subtle. I think it's because just the Iron Man character is so big. It's so much bigger than Captain America's character. There's so much more to Tony he's Stark. coming after you prior watch out no but like not in a not in a bad way but like you you always root for captain america you always remember those moments where you're like wow look at him doing this wow look at him doing that whereas stark it's a lot more minute the character development moments and stuff like that like him just talking to a boy there's a character development him running you know, yeah, I see. It's, a... it's more kind of his progression is more subtle uh, yeah. compared to to Steve, where his is very obvious. His progression. I mean, we see literal stages in Steve's life. Going, exactly. Here's a skinny little boy. Here's an incredible hero. Here's him yeah. saving the day. Here's him saving this. Whereas Tony's is more, um, it's more abstract. His it's, his, it's his building path. blocks. It's yeah. literally literally building blocks on Tony. Like one film is one brick. That's all it is. Whereas with with Captain America, it's massive, the changes. Mm. You know, he, he then finds out S.H.I.E.L.D. has been infiltrated. Can't trust S.H.I.E.L.D. Bang! Okay, he runs away. He leaves. You know, like, those massive things happen. Whereas Tony... Tony's... I think the script is more based on Tony's character development, whereas Captain America is always the visuals. Yeah, are, I put Captain America in a situation. Yeah. Put Captain America in the situation and you'll see the visuals of the change. Mm. Whereas with Iron Man, it's okay, the script is always going to be the change. It's never Mm. really going to be the visuals. Yes, we see Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, Mark 4, and so on. But that's, it's more of a metaphor, really. Yeah. You see see the same metaphor in Avengers with Captain America with the new suit. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's been updated, but it's still the same. It still holds the same thing, but it's been updated. You know, literally showing that he's he's just woken up seventy yeah. years later on. He still holds the same ideals, but he's in this new modern world now. Yeah, and I think Iron Man does that, but because there's three films and nothing as big as that happens, it's a little smaller to see those mm. things happen. Yeah, I, th- Boys, I think, I, I, think I, it's, uh, I think it's Dinkle O'Clock, don't you? Oh, Dinkle I think it could O'Clock. Be, you know? um, Chris, I'd like to. I'd like to. Hand to you to start our dinkles, please. All right, all right. Um, I think for me, reaching around in my innards, oh, I'm going a straight. It's a straight four. I think it's a straight four. I think it's okay. a, a very, very good film. And the only things that 
it's it's like it's like I I couldn't even say what I would do. I, like, I'm not sure this film could be a five Dinkler, and I'm not sure that it should be. It's not really designed yeah. to be that. It's not a knockout blow like an Avengers film is. That but what they needed for this uh, was they needed that that four Dinkle approach. So in yeah. a way, it's its own five Dinkler. But for me, it's a four. Jenks, what do you, I think you're exactly, uh, Chris. I think you're exactly right. Um, you've you've actually described it perfectly. It's not meant. It wasn't designed to be the blockbuster of Avengers. It was serving its purpose in the long run. But Jenks, what do you think? What, what are your dinkles? I've just got Disney sitting there at the board meeting right now, going. Well, what approach do we want to do here? Well, I think we should do a four dinkles. Really? Yes, I think we should. Avengers Listen. was a five dinkler, but come on, let's go with a four dinkler. On let's this just one. ease off a little bit. We should, we should cap our creativity and yeah. our revenue, definitely. Um, let's take a I, holiday. I agree, because that the, the stakes in this film aren't obviously as high as, as uh, Avengers mm. or something like Civil War. You know, th- this is... This is a lot smaller. So I I, I agree. I, I think I'd go for Dinkles as well. Um, nice. Great. Yeah, and I think I agree. I don't I don't think it could have been a five. Unless maybe the script was was bad. Like the visuals were fantastic. And the I think main the script is pretty good. Like it's it doesn't really have any flaws. It's no. difficult because it, it this it but it's a brick in the wall. Like it's yeah. not like I, I, I'm comparing it's, it to it's what not, we did last time. It's not a full thing. It's not a no, it's full not, story. But, and even differently to Harry Potter, which obviously is broken into eight if it's the films, they're bricks in the wall. But they could, they've got potential to be. They're like the, every one of those should be the Avengers. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's yeah. their potential, and if they, they don't reach it, that's where they lose their mark. They can Whereas work. This is not. Harry Potter is designed that it can work as a standalone film. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because there's always a start and an ending. Whereas this film there isn't a start you just come straight into the world that we've just watched at the end of the avengers yeah, yeah that's it it's like the tony stark saga yeah exactly nice. yeah that's a nice way of putting it uh prior what about you i'm exactly the same boys i'm at a four dinklage and um for all of the same reasons um i i've always said that we have our our first iron man film for our setup this is our introduction to tony we have our second as our bridge to act for the setup for the third in which is going to also be a bridge to ultron and our next load of yeah. films and so it serves its purpose and it does it wonderfully i mean i couldn't have asked for better visuals and a better experience because that's at the end of the day that's what we're getting with all these films is an experience and we have to take it as that and you have to realize that they are part of a much bigger machine that's mm. overhead um, whether you know, it's up to you whether you want to think like that or not. You can always just think of them as as their own films and judge them mm. in that way. But I've always seen them as part, as as a cog in a in a bigger machine. Absolutely, um, yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, one thing I want to say about this podcast is that it's hard to differentiate. I can't even say the word. It's hard to say the word, let alone what the actual thought is. It's hard to differentiate this podcast as a review or as just your own personal you know each of us here just have our own little personal opinions we're not reviewing the whole film as just one entity what's great about this podcast is that we have three different opinions that come in together yeah and that's what i quite like the dink like the dinkles don't mean 
that's it. Because I don't think any of us have looked at, or in any of these films we've ever looked at, like the Rotten Tomatoes or the IMDb or anything no. like this. You know, no. it, that's so irrelevant. We we, yeah, exactly. We don't base our our um, final scores on those kind of things. It's literally just so personal, and that's what I quite like about this. Yeah, doing this is that we can just go. Yeah, okay. Well, th- it's because this did this and this did this. You know, when you see people reviewing films. They only ever do it as that standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas because we get so in-depth about the personal things that we love, we aren't just taking random films and just watching them and going, well, thought this, thought this. These are things that we actually love. We can then put our own spot on it, our own twist on it, our own personal memories of when we first watched it to when we watch it now. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's that's something that people need to understand, that this isn't just a review it's a lot I think more. That, I think no, that's, no. Sort of, that's sort of fl- has always flawed the occupation of a film critic for me is the fact that you can't send a guy in to that might have not seen the rest of the films to go in and just review a standalone film. Mm. And again, it's one person's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, you know, a film is so personal, just like music, just like any other form of art. And so it's always been the same. So I think what we bring here again is the most kind of democratic view of a film, shall yeah. we say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you have to be generous towards it. I mean, one of the things that it's always bugged me, this is the one instance in my life where I've sort of listened to popular opinion. I, As a massive Star Wars fan, I never saw Solo in the cinemas because it was people were going mad about it. And so I was like, oh, no, I'll give that a miss. I could do without that. Watched it on DVD. I thought it was great. It's such a really really good enjoyed film. It. I'd have yeah. loved to have seen it in the cinema. Yeah. Mm. Like, fine, it's not... It's not I don't know, it's not Revenge of the Sith or anything like that. Mm. It's not Empire Strikes Back. It's, a, it's still a very good film. Mm. Yeah. I th- it's I th- just, you've got to have your own thing. You've got Crit- to have your own experience with it. Critics and reviewers as well always have this, that you, you cannot be 100% unbiased to any film. No. Everybody mm. always leans towards something. You know, like, yeah. to, to these kind of films, obviously I'm going to have my bias towards these films because I've watched them so many times. They're some of my favourite films. But if you suddenly brought up something like Mean Girls or something like that, then I'd McPhee. have a... McPhee. Yeah, or Nanny McPhee. Always McPhee. But Nanny McPhee is kind of the same kind of thing as this. It's but great. like, <laughs> But like a film, you know, that I I haven't watched or anything like that, I, I always think, well, if I was a film critic, I'd just think, it's just not my thing anyway, so I'm never going to yeah, give it my it. full seal of approval. Yeah, you're right. I think it's, it's much better if it's coming from three people that actually have the love for the thing they're talking about. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. we should be the highest authority in the land. Absolutely. We, we deserve it. Yeah. Give us a year. Yeah. It's our authority to do so as well, to to provide you with this information. Absolutely. Anything less would be a dishonor to these films. Yeah. Absolutely. And Stanley, the great man. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Wow. So there we go. That was a bombshell, wasn't it? That was a real bombshell. Yeah. I I don't know why that came into my mind. I think it was just because I was just, I was just sitting there thinking and we were just chatting about just that we do have this love and that we can, I think it's more that we can go, well, this film, this happened, this film, this happened. And then to um, put two films of two different characters still in the same universe, but to compare them. Mm. I I think that's something that 
I've never seen any reviewer or critic do. No, that's true. And it's about the feeling between them as well, because you can't, comp- it's not like we're comparing the cinematography or, or yeah. stuff like that. You know, we're not talking about technical specifics. We're talking about how it made us feel. Yeah. Um, and and our, rea- like our, our visceral reaction to it when we saw it for the first time or the fifth time or whatever. Yeah. And you find out all the background and stuff about it, which obviously for me in particular with the MCU, I'm, I'm, I'm playing catch up in a big, big way. Uh, and it's just, oh, I mean, it's, I love, you know me, I love the lore of stuff. So I love that there's all this for me to explore now. So in a way, I've got it um, as uh, as someone who's 30 years old, has a history with um, big nerdy things like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, has found something new and bright and shiny in the last however many years. And it, so I'm coming at it from a different angle, you know, mm. and that's my personal experience with it. And I'm sure I'm judging it in a different way than you guys who saw them all the first time around and have gone on the journey with them. Yeah, Um, I'm actually quite envious of your position, though. I mean, it's quite nice to to revisit it now. To see that for the first time, it must be. But that's a great thing, again, about this cod... This cod piece. (laughs) This cod cod piece that I wear in my nice 14th century way. (laughs) And that is a reason because of this podcast. But like that's the lovely thing is that we all have very different reactions to it. Like obviously, me and Weeks are a lot heavier on the Lord of the Rings stuff than you know Prior is. But then when it comes to MCU, you know it's the other way around. Prior is the man of MCU. Yeah. You know, and that's the great thing is that we can explore those things. I think we're all we're all kind of the same on Harry Potter and yeah. stuff. Like that. That's what's fantastic and that's why i love having these conversations and that i think only maybe i don't know if you guys know chris duckman that does movie reviews and stuff like that he will talk duckworth. about <laughs> alex duckworth <laughs> ducky but um yeah i think i think that's what you need to do to actually gauge a full rounded view on a film yeah you have to remember what came first and what comes after yeah, and what to compare it to and stuff mm. because you know we, one thing that we haven't done with the MCU which maybe is a good thing maybe is a bad thing I don't know is that we haven't really gone to the comparison of DC uh, that much well maybe we'll have that as a what if one day yeah yeah it, I mean, it, that is an interesting idea isn't it's, it it's very interesting yeah. because obviously the main the main thing that people talk about is comparing them yeah. and, and seeing what DC are doing at the moment with their world compared to Marvel, which has just flown. I still think the argument is Lodvold Tosh, though. I think it's oh, it's, but but that but that's the thing. But that's what I'd love to talk about is that yeah. can there really be a comparison? Is it not. actually possible? If people think that because you're both talking about superheroes and you're both made comics, that you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Then do we compare every single art house film to each other? Do mm. we do we you know do that the same with with comedy with thriller? I yeah. mean, it's it just because they have a similar origin doesn't mean they're going to do the same things. And yeah, yeah, we can say that I've enjoyed the majority of X films compared to Y, but to straight up put them in a in a shootout to me <laughs> doesn't really work. I think it's too complicated for that. Absolutely, yeah, I I completely agree. I've I've never, whenever it's again like the Beatles and the Stones, 
Exactly. You know, Tasty. it's Oasis versus Blur. It's just like, what? why can't you just sit there and just enjoy them both? And if mm. you don't enjoy one thing and you enjoy the other, don't what are you complaining about? Yeah. Well, if you're getting pleasure from something, then it's absolutely fun. Like, I have my, you know, very interesting thoughts about DC, but it's never been a comparison to Iron Man 3 or Avengers yeah, or Civil War that. or anything. It it's just so different. It doesn't work like that. No, in fact, none of the films that I think about from DC, you can compare against Marvel and vice versa. It just doesn't work. You can't put Batman versus Superman up against Ant-Man. Yeah, you know, it's the same. The, the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm going to compare it to the Iron Man trilogy. Yeah, they're so radically like, different. It's like no, it's a completely different character. All it has on top of it is just the words comic. Yeah, it's there. It's true. And then bang, they're put together. If the words comic were taken out, there would be no comparison. Yeah, definitely. Be- because I do like to compare them, though, boys. I have to tell you. <laughs> but the thing is, especially is that- those films. Come on, <laughs> Dark Knight and Iron Man. My God. We'll literally say, the that, same that's the thing next, that's the next what if we've uh, we've got yeah. that queued up already but like I, I'll compare something like Armageddon and Deep Impact or Sharknado versus Sharknado 2 Revenge yeah. of the Shark completely yeah. different films <laughs> <laughs> don't be ridiculous just it's a coincidence that they name the same thing but I, I can't wait until we talk about DC because I grew up as a DC boy yeah, I mean, I've got a lot, a lot of love for DC as well. And I those, think it's going to be great. Yeah, those ni- the 90s Batman films and the 90s mm. Superman series were what... Stunning. Th- that's what opened me up to the comic book world when I was a kid. Same. That's that's what yeah. grabbed me. For me, it was, like, it was always that. Um, that and, um, and Smallville as well was a huge yeah. one for me. Oh, yeah. And um, I remember always on E4, do you remember E4 Sundays? Mm. And you'd you'd wake up on a Sunday and you'd put Smallville on. I don't know whether you did. I did. I did, um, I did used to watch a bit of Smallville. Oh, it was lovely. Was it, was, it on a Sunday though? Always on a Sunday. Always, yeah. I remember. Because right. everyone's at home, so whole family's there. And um, put on Smallville. Everyone's watching. Whole family loved it. As I've got a real mental family. image of a prior Sunday... Yeah, yeah, it's like it was lovely. You'd Did have you have a roast? Sandwiches? Though? Yeah, I'd have some sandwiches. Um, have have a roast. Um, oh, roast, roast for dinner. Roast for dinner. <laughs> and we'd have, you have a roast? Yeah, some sandwiches. Yeah, we'd that's not sa- what that means. Sandwiches for lunch. Sandwiches for lunch. Roast for dinner. And you you know the roast to be slow cooking all day. You could smell oh, yeah. it. It was wonderful. Smallville's on. I mean, it's just great. See, just my great. Sundays. <laughs> My now, my favourite Sunday, my perfect Sunday. <laughs> we're meant to be talking about Iron Man three, and we're talking about our perfect Sundays. But um, no, my, I always remember it's Bond. Yeah, Bond. James Bond. My, my no, Jason Bond. <laughs> Jason Bond. Bond. But um, no, it's always for some reason always on TV when I was a kid. James Bond was always on on a Sunday on some channel, whatever. The James I, Bond channel. It was. It was, was Con- it, what? What is this? What? Yeah, yeah. On a was, Sunday. Yeah, it was Connery or it was uh, Brosnan. Always. Yeah, and we'd have. Uh, They'd never go Dalton. Never, never. No, oh no, no. Which Sunday, is a shame, I think. Yeah, yeah. Sunday and yeah, always Bond was always on. Yeah. Um, 
and then yeah lovely also do you remember Buffy Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh as well? yeah mm. yeah I used to yeah. love Buffy that and do you remember Charmed don't know if you remember Charmed I never I, watched Charmed I wasn't a Charmed man I, I think I was witches. watching Round the Twist at that point uh, that's yeah. a great show yeah, yeah. yeah. But boys, we've got to wrap this up, haven't we? Aye. Are we still going? My God. Apparently so. Jenks, do you want to lead us out with this one, mate? Ladies and gentlemen, Ooh, don't forget that we also have our website out right now. You can go and check out literally everything we do. Everything. You don't need to be following us on one side. I mean, it'd be great if you were, but... You don't Feel need free. to be doing that. All you need to do is subscribe to our website. What's that? You can subscribe to the website. Well, bada bing, bada boom. Yes, you can. You can subscribe and become a member. Yeah, that's right. An actual member. You can get a badge and you can work yourself up to an even higher badge. We've done almost Star Wars-esque rank. Well, not almost. Star Wars-esque rankings. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. You can, you can get you can get even higher so please do check out our website and if you want to buy a t-shirt buy a t-shirt yeah. but <laughs> if you remember you can be notified every time that chris weeks uploads a blog post as well which is <laughs> have you had th- many through yet boys oh uh, we're still waiting on that uh, okay, bit of, uh, bit of tea i got problems. five on the go oh, uh, fair, fair, fair. all up here mate all up here but yes so we got that going we've also got you know, YouTube going as well. We've got different series. We've got What If at the moment. But also, I really want to start looking at, uh, well, with our latest YouTube video, we mentioned Revenge of the Sith game. I think it's time to have a look at some games. Definitely. To actually have a look you at some. You said that in a very dirty way, James. It's time to have a look at some Let's have a look at games. some games. <laughs> I think it's time to uh, kind of do what we do on a small scale on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, just just... Go through some games. Maybe check out some gameplay. See what we games. got. Okay. But, but for now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, wherever you're listening to this, please follow and subscribe. If you have any comments or any possible thoughts about what we've been talking about, please do not hesitate to get in touch because the great thing is is that we like to have conversations not just with us but with the people that are listening as well because 8 Days a Geek isn't just about us three. It's about all of us. We're a collective. Yeah. Make sure you get your badge. Yeah, get your badge. And buy a t-shirt. Buy a t- or two. Or two. <laughs> but I've been AJ Jenks and I've been with... Benjamin Pryor, of course. And the one and holy... Christopher Lawrence Weeks. Oh. Ooh, there you go, boys. Damn. I had a, well, called Lawrence, a friend called Lawrence once. Did you? No, I don't like me, him anymore. I don't like him anymore, but... I love you. I love both of you. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Oh, yeah, same, actually. Uh, If you're listening, you're a good mate. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I ain't got nothing but love, babe. Eight days a geek. Eight days a freaky, freaky freak. Eight days a geek. I ain't got nothing but love, babe. Eight days a geek.